James Navalance here on Sports Conversation on the Believe Network. Uh, for this podcast today, you know, the previous four weeks we've had guests on. We, you know, we said we would have players on, coaches on, uh, media members on. We've had that in the first four weeks, and it's been a tremendous start here on the Believe Network. You know, being a college basketball guy, that, that's really my focus and area, I would say, of expertise. So on a monthly basis, you know, once a month here, we're just going to break it down college basketball-wise, and then, you know, the, that following week, we'll get back to our guests and bring on people and having really those meaningful conversations. But, you know, being that it's basically the first month into the college basketball season, I just want to talk about some of the top teams in the country here. And I'm going to start out with Houston because I believe Houston is the best team in the country. Uh, Kelvin, Kelvin Sampson has built an identity in Houston with just their pure toughness and physicality. And, you know, that becomes imposing on teams, you know, having the physical big men that they do continuously being, I would say, the best offensive rebounding team in the country. And, you know, you add a guy like Jarice, uh Walker, you know, a five-star recruit, you just see his potential and just, you know, having veteran guys that have been there for the program. And then you have the guard play of Jamal Shedd and Marcus Sasser. I believe this team, you know, he got to a Final Four a couple years ago. Um, the Final Four happens to be in Houston this year. I, I think they are on path to at least get a number one, over, you know, maybe not the number one overall seed unless they, you know, lose one or two games only, you know, being in the American conference, not, you know, necessarily a power five conference. I would say the only point that they have to prove is, you know, they haven't had a high level win up to this point. They get uh, Virginia on December 17th. So that will be a massive test for them. But other than that, you know, not having that marquee win, they have proven it year in year out. I, I do think the talent, has improved. I think they've always maximized their roster and their talent that they've had. And ultimately their culture is so strong, but I, I do think they've taken another step in terms of their overall talent and base. So as of right now, I would say they are the best team in the country. Just again, based on their identity, based on what they stand for, based on their toughness. Um, I'm going to remain here in the state of Texas Texas, Chris Beard, we, we saw what he did at Texas Tech. Very, very impressive turnaround. I mean, tech, he got Texas Tech to a national championship game. Could have easily won the national championship. You know, goes to overtime against Virginia and Tony Bennett's team and ultimately falls short. Um, he goes back to his own water at Texas year one. Kind of hit or miss. They're waiting to get into the new gym that they are in now. Um, you know, guard play, Marcus Carr, not as effective, you know, they continued it, but you know, the identity of what Texas has been is defense, you know, Chris Beard that no middle defense. He, he has brought that identity over, but the improvement on the offensive side of the ball, um, has been a big st st uh, sticking point. For Texas, I mean, they were able to slow down a team in Creighton. They were able to keep up pace-wise with Gonzaga and just blow them out on their home court. 
So I, I would say the most impressive thing from Texas from this standpoint has been the offensive side. We knew, you know, their guards would be physical in the backcourt, but it was could they be efficient on the offensive end? And they definitely have been up to this point. So and they have the marquee win. So I think Texas is proven. You know, I didn't necessarily think Texas would be a top ten, top five caliber team coming into the year. But up to this point, they've proven nothing other than that. The Big 12 is a gauntlet, though. We will see once they get into true conference play, you know, going against more uh, consistent programs as, such as Baylor and Kansas. But they have proven up to this point, Dylan Disu, you know, having him healthy has added, you know, versatility to their front court and made them more dangerous. I believe Marcus Carr has become a little bit more of an efficient score rather than just a volume you know shooter and just putting up points just based on the amount of shots he was taking but more efficient across the board I, I think they've just gotten better more clean on that side of the ball and it, you know it's paid dividends for them we'll see as they you know enter the big 12 play but massive improvements um from texas and chris beard in year two now a team that's kind of gone away over the last couple years since they won the national championship and that being Virginia, you know, COVID happens, you lose Kyle guy, you lose Ty Jerome, you lose Deandre Hunter. And, you know, just the, they were never going to change their identity as, you know, I mentioned like Houston's culture was so strong that you could say the same for Tony Bennett. Uh, so sustainable over the last decade, Legitimately the best team in the ACC, you know, go, and that was going against a Mike Krzyzewski Duke program and a Roy Williams North Carolina program. And yet Tony Bennett and his Virginia program was the most sustainable in the conference. I felt like they lost kind of their their swagger, kind of who they were over the last couple of seasons. But up to this point, they have gotten it back. They've gotten off to a very strong start. They're 7-0. As I mentioned, they do have their biggest test coming up against Houston, but they've gotten back to who they are. You you always know they're going to be great on the defensive end. It was a matter of can they be a little bit more efficient offensively, and they definitely have, you know, having a guy, Kihei Clark, running the show. You know, he was a freshman guard when they went to the national championship game, and, you know, having his stability has definitely helped, but it's a guy like Reese. Beekman, who's elevated his game to another level. That's taking Virginia kind of back to where they've been and where their standards and expectations are. Being a, you know, a top 10, top 5 team uh, on a national level. And obviously you see the early struggles of North Carolina. It's looking, and the ACC as a whole, Louisville obviously off to a terrible start under Kenny Payne. Florida State has some, has some struggles Early on here, Duke, you know, adjusting, you know, having a young team uh, year one for John Shire. So, you know, Virginia's in prime position to do kind of what they've been doing over the last decade, kind of run the ACC and position themselves for a one seed come NCAA tournament time. I don't know if this is a national championship caliber Virginia team, but I do think it is similar to what they had over – the last decade, you know, being a number one, being a number one, uh, two seed come NCAA tournament time and really being that team that's this stabilizer uh, in the ACC conference. 
Now, Purdue, uh, Matt Painter, probably, I would say, from the Big Ten standpoint, I think he's had the most consistent program over the you know time. Obviously, the longevity of what Wisconsin was under uh, Bo Ryan and now what they've been uh, since he's left. And then, obviously, Tom Izzo at Michigan State has brought consistency as well. But I, I feel at like the high-level consistency of Matt Painter, you know, maybe goes a little unnoticed in that conference. But they look extremely impressive. If not if not for Houston, I would say Purdue has been the most impressive team uh, thus far. They they go out to PK-85, win that tournament, win, you know, win handily over Duke. Zach Eady, I mean, is a matchup problem, being 7-4. But again, being very efficient, you know, you send them to the free throw line, he's shooting, you know, 75, 80% from there. So you can't just foul him and expect to get, you know, free possessions from just fouling Zach Eady. He's very efficient. Braden Smith has been one of the best guards I've seen in the country. I just, this, his overall playmaking ability, his consistency, his dependability, and they're deep. They're really deep. And, you know, being able to go to a bench, you're not overplaying people and, you know, having versatility within their bigs, Mason Gillis, just Kaufman. Across the board, they have a very deep team and a very well-coached team. I would expect them, you know, he hasn't gotten to a Final Four, obviously, uh, 2019. Got very close, you know, having Carson Edwards on that team, you know, go to overtime with Virginia. You know, they're right there having an opportunity to go to a Final Four. I, I think it's a matter of time before Purdue gets to a Final Four. We'll see if it's this year. I do think they have the makeup to make a Final Four caliber run and run the Big Ten. Uh, so I've been very impressed with Matt Painter and company early on. Not, not to the Big East. You know, Jay Wright, unexpectedly, I would say, retires over this year. They, you know, they had a Final Four run. Colin Gillespie in his fifth year, you know, him being that stability guy that just runs the show. And, you know, you go from Colin Gillespie and then you have a guy, Jalen Brunson, and then you have a guy like Ryan Archidiak. And I do, I do think they are missing that piece. Obviously Justin Moore towards Achilles. So they're waiting for him to come back. Maybe, you know, say January, February, uh, Cam Whitmore just came back this week. So it's, it's been a little bit of a slow start for Kyle Neptune in year one. Uh, but, you know, they're, they're a work in progress, and Villanova's not going to go away. But obviously, you lose Gillespie, you lose Jay Wright. Like, there's going to, and then you don't have everyone healthy to start the year. There's going to be a natural uh, means to the progression for Villanova. But, it, it's looking like there's two teams within that conference that are going to take the next step. Regard, honestly, if Villanova was at their their peak level, I believe these two teams would be right there battling for the conference anyways. I I think you finally see Danny Hurley at UConn. That progression has finally gotten there. Jordan Hawkins, you know, taking another step as a sophomore guard. Adam Sonogo, I mean, he's a physical Presence down there, his efficiency, his improvement. Uh, he's a matchup problem on a nightly basis. I just think overall, you know, Andre Jackson, the overall improvement of the roster. They're talented. They're deep. They have an, again, you, you have an identity. You know, we're in this transfer portal 
type area. You're going to add transfers. You're going to add guys, but there needs to be stability across the board if you're going to have a consistent program. I just mentioned it with Virginia. Tony Bennett, consistent. Uh, Matt Painter, very consistent. Creighton, who I'm going to get to, very consistent uh, under McDermott. You know they're going to be have offensive firepower. Um, Houston's toughness. You know, Chris Beard, what he brought at Texas Tech and now is bringing at Texas. So you notice, you know, teams that kind of change in year in, year out, it, it is difficult. Not that a, a Kentucky, a Duke can't have success if they're uber talented, but you have changes within our roster on a consistent basis. It's going to make it more difficult to, especially how you start out in the season to sustain that consistency and that success. But I've been very impressed with UConn early on. They also went out to Portland, Oregon, got to go win over Alabama and then Iowa state being out there as well. Going to Creighton, um, Creighton going out to Maui, looking impressive. Lose a close one to Arizona. Uh, and then they, you know, they go into Texas battle, you know, having that new stadium the new arena open for Texas. It's not an easy place to play. You know, they went in there getting beat up a little bit. You know, it was a physical game. It wasn't what Creighton likes to play at, you know, in the seventies and the eighties, high scoring, high pace. Um, but they managed to be within that game and had an opportunity to win that game. So I've been impressed with early on with Creighton. I, I expect, you know, them in UConn to battle it out here. You have a guy in Ryan Nemhard who's, I would say, he might not be the best point guard in the country, but I would say if I had a, if I wanted one point guard in the country, it probably is Ryan Nemhard. Just his overall feel, his ability for them to get in within their offense, his, you know, knowing to get his, as well as you know distributing to others like, like uh, Simerman and Calc Brenner, and just running that overall show for Creighton. He's been extremely impressive. Uh, you know, we've seen what his brother did in, in at Florida and then Gonzaga. I, I think you're getting us some more guard and them and Ryan Nemhart for Creighton. Uh, I would expect him to be you know, maybe not first team All American, but I would say he's going to be an All American. I, I think he's that impressive and that consistent for Creighton uh, throughout. And Craig, Greg McDermott consistently builds, you know, offense. If you if you want to play in an offensive system and Score points, have that spacing. Creighton might be that program, and Baylor Summerham has been that guy for them. He's just, just shooting ability, his ability is just a four coming from South Dakota State. Uh, he's been a you know an impact uh, transfer for Creighton early on here. So, if I had to give you a top five right now at this very moment, Houston one, Purdue two, I would say Texas three. Virginia four, Yukon uh five, and then uh, just on that outside, I would say Creighton there. Uh quickly, you know, a couple teams just struggling, trying to get back to kind of what they are, kind of expectation wise. Uh let's start with North Carolina though. You know, expectations. You know, I, I feel like they're very similar to UCLA a year ago. You know, UCLA goes on the expected run. Goes through the final four, loses a heartbreaker to Gonzaga in the semifinals. Uh, similarly to North Carolina, you know, an unexpected run. They're the eight seed. 
they beat Baylor in the round of 32, and then they just go on a run. You know, you get St. Peter's in an Elite Eight game. You know, maybe it was a little bit of a fluke. You know, you get to a national championship game, you're up at halftime. It, You know, they're running away with that game against Kansas, and it looks like, damn, you know, Hubert Davis in year one's going to win a national championship. Obviously, Kansas storms back, and probably so. You know, they were definitely one of the best teams in the country. They, You know, they were championship worthy, and they got it done. But North Carolina off to a very slow start here. They go out to PK-85. Portland gives them a run for their money. Then they lose to Iowa State. Um, then, they, you know, you get matched up in the ACC Big Ten Challenge. You lose to Indiana. You know, it, it's been a struggle for North Carolina early on, and, you know, you lose Brady Manick. But that's the only piece they lose. A, a critical piece, a guy who kind of was in an identity piece for them. Granted, he was a transfer, but, you know, in that run, he was massive, big shot maker uh, coming over from Oklahoma. You add a you add a guy in Pete Nance, who's been productive, kind of a, has that same mold. Um, I would say he's a little bit more versatile than a Brady Manick, but fills that type of role. You have, you know, a Puff Johnson off the bench. So it's not a uh, lack of roster construction. It's not, it's not that. You have the experience piece. You have Armando Baycott, who should be one of the best bigs in the country. You know, for me, it comes down to their guard play. Can R.J. Davis and Caleb Caleb Love be as consistent as they were in the tournament? I, you know, before the tournament, they, you know, they were up and down, and you didn't know exactly what you were getting from their guard play. They need to be great if North Carolina is going to be great, and I think it's that simple. I expect, as I said, the ACC's down. They're gonna they're gonna respond. They're gonna wind up being a team that's gonna be probably right there with Virginia. You know, in competition, Duke, I'm sure, will get things right as well. And, you know, be in competition to win the ACC. I don't think they're a national championship team, though, unless they turn it around massively. And, you know, as we know in March, guard play is massive. So if they can get the guard play right, sure. And you have, a, you know, a dominant big in Baycott. And, you know, Pete Nance has that versatility as well and is very productive. So there's there's pieces there. Leaky Black, uh, his defensive prowess. But they got to get the guard play right if they're going to um, reach their expectations of competing for an ACC title. And then more, more importantly, trying to get back to a final four and win a national championship. Cause that's the standard there uh, at North Carolina. Uh, lastly here, you know, UCLA, I would say, you know, having Tiger Campbell, Jaime Hawkes, Jaime Hawkes top 10 player in the country. Uh, I would say there's expectations there of them, you know, it's interesting because Arizona comes in, Tommy Lloyd comes, you know, unexpectedly, you know, had a talented roster, Benefic Matherin leaving the way for Arizona last year. And boom, they come on the scene. They have a tremendous year once you a full shore in the tournament. But, you know, they just come on the scene and, you know, everyone thought, you know, oh, it's going to be UCLA. You know, they get to a final four, you know, they return everybody, Johnny Chuzang, uh, Jaime Hawkes, Tiger Campbell. You know, had Peyton had Peyton Watson, you know, as a five star recruit, and you just think it's gonna get rolling there. It hasn't, you know, been that case for UCLA. We'll see if they can get it going as well, because uh, you know Arizona did lose to Utah, but Arizona still looks like the class of the Pac-12. I'm very curious to see. You know, Mick Cronin's tough. Mick Cronin's a good coach, 
but can uh, UCLA get it kind of turned around there and kind of get back to their identity? You know, McTronin's toughness, can, it really comes down to their defensive identity. Can they get stopped? I mean, he, he was tremendous at Cincinnati, having them be that physical team, having that defensive prowess. Obviously, you're at UCLA. You're going to get more talented players across the, uh, across the board, but can you keep that identity of what he had at Cincinnati and mesh that? With the talent base at UCLA, you do that. Obviously, he got to a Final Four already, you, you know, and you continue to try to build on that standpoint. But it's going to be interesting to see if UCLA can get it right. Kentucky off to a slow start. Um, and, you know, talent they're talented. Oscar Sheba, you know, injuries coming into the year. Maybe he's not 100% top in. I would say there's a ceiling to what he can be. Uh, guard play, severe wheeler, again, similarly, you know, talent base. Obviously, they have a tremendous class coming next year, so maybe, you know, they're really a year away from being Kentucky, being what they expect, but I'm sure they'll get it rolling there. Um, Arkansas probably leading the way in the SEC up to this point. But, you know, it's early on. It's college basketball season where ju- teams are just getting into conference play. So we're just getting this, you know, Feast Week gives us a sneak peek of what these teams can be. But we, as, as we all know, in reality, th- this thing doesn't get really rolling until mid-January, um, early February. And then, you know, we get into March. And as we know, anybody can come out of anywhere. It's teams that get hot and kind of just are building it as a, the year goes on. But off to a tremendous start, I would say Houston, best team in the country. They do need that marquee win, so... December 17th is that team, that game to be looking out for. Um, but, yeah, this is James Navalance on the Sports Conversation uh, on the Believe Network. As I said, tremendous first month. You know, I'm excited to what we've had. We, we have growth. We have growth that needs to take place, you know, with this platform, with the guests that we have on, conversations that are going to continue to be had. We're going to be getting back to getting guests on for next week and you know this month of December coming up to the holidays so a tremendous time to continue to have conversations on this platform I'm excited to you know give you guys a little bit of college basketball talk but we're going to get back you know to our normal uh you know one-on-one conversations with our guests um everyone have a great week Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.